Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. We are officially live on social media. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of Reflection Artist Live. We are number 42. We have today with a special guest, Tyler Cucci. He has uh, been in the industry for 12 years. Uh, he's been with Auto Magic for three. He is the Eastern Zone uh, Manager for Auto Magic. So he has a lot of responsibility in regards to product, sales, all that good stuff. And we're going to dive into how Tyler got started in detail and in general, and of course, how he landed a great job with a company like AutoMagic. And he can also give us some background on who AutoMagic is for those of you who may not know. You know, there's a lot of great companies out there that there's a lot of detailers that aren't familiar with it, and that's fine. So that's what we're here for, to get you guys familiar with the brands, the people, and to talk, of course, detail and business and all the things that kind of go underneath that umbrella for all of us in the industry. So Tyler, thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, dive into it. Let me know how uh, how it all got started for you. Yeah, so no, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, I very much appreciate it. Uh, uh, I know we're a little bit delayed out, but congrats on, you know, the new, uh, I believe it's consulting with AutoGeek is the, is the right title for you there. Yeah, I'm basically lead education consultant. So basically I have, to put, you know, I, I fill the void, you know, with um, what Mike was doing with the education side and videos and things like that. That's where I come into play for that aspect of it. Uh, um, but yeah, so to go into me, um, I really got into the uh, financially compensated detail industry or, or for a little bit, had some time that didn't include car detailing supplies. Uh, so I'd even consider it just the automotive aftermarket industry um, a couple weeks after getting out of high school. So uh, growing up, I always had a couple jobs, at least a couple jobs. Um, Anything detail related? Uh, so no, actually, that's kind of the weird thing. So um, I cleaned my, my family had a couple vehicles. We cleaned our vehicles uh, religiously. Um, we still have some of those old products sitting in my dad's garage, which is comical. Um, uh, but no, so I never did anything. Uh, I was actually a year into the, what I would call the automotive aftermarket, which I really started. Um, and I actually went and found it. So I work for a company, uh, called Bomico, uh, their family owned company here. This is the catalog that I was actually hired to design, um, a paperback catalog. So, uh, I went to school, uh, for programming and, and did a lot of graphic stuff. And, um, pretty much I started off doing their light bulbs, oil filters, wiper blades into digital media and web development for them, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, shortly after that, we ended up taking over a lot of their office work, uh, which was a, a lot of learning. I mean, accounts receivables, accounts payables, um, deposits and everything. Uh, and I really, I got to learn a lot about distribution business in general, not just our detail industry, but distribution as a whole. Uh, and then from there, it was probably, like I said, about a year into it, uh, we were approached by a major brand. So we were approached by Simon Eyes. Um, Simon Eyes brought us in as their professional detailing product distribution from Massachusetts and New Hampshire. And um, from there, the lead sales rep just didn't end up working out with us. And at that point, the office, we had brought in a couple people uh, to help work the office. Uh, one of them actually now is, is uh, my fiance, which is kind of comical, you know, 12 years later. Uh, but <laughs> So was that um, on job chemistry is what you would call I, that? No. So actually, what was funny is uh, we <laughs> she did not like working with me. Uh, oh. she <laughs> funny how that works, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, she wanted to work against you, literally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So we, um, I, I'm, 
I'm one of those people. So I'm from, I'm from New England. I'm from Massachusetts. I very much have that worth ethic that a lot of people from the Northeast have, uh, where I do a great job separating personal life and business life. Um, so we can have a conversation about stuff in a business atmosphere, not going right. Uh, but it doesn't mean we can't be friends outside of it. Hey, we need to get this fixed for the profitability of a business. Um, and we may not like each other there, but we're trying to work together to get something accomplished. And I think that was kind of some of it as I was letting go of all of the uh, office duties as the owner was shifting me. So I had covered a couple sales reps vacations on the uh, mechanical stuff. So oil filters, wiper baits, lubricants. And I loved it, which was comical to me because I grew up thinking I was going to be a computer programmer or more specifically a video game designer. Um, so I'd clean a car here and there and enjoyed it, but I really, I, my big joke and anyone that knew me from back then used to say, I'm going to have the best cubicle in the office. I'm going to have the corner cubicle. I'm going to have all the windows and my little goldfish bowl. Like that used to be my quote unquote sales pitch, uh, up until about 20, um, as I was going to have the best cubicle in the office. And then the owner threw me out on the road to cover some vacations, just just drive around, go to these places, ask them what they need. And I got back at the end of the week and I was like, when's the next person's vacation? Because you just paid me to drive around and talk. And he chuckled. Uh, and that was how um, eventually when the position opened up for the detailing department, at that point, it was a full-blown department. We were selling SM Arnold, high tech, buff and shine, Simon eyes. We had our own private label shortly after that, that we were uh, developing with a local bathtub uh, or a local manufacturer. Easy, um, easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everybody's got to start somewhere. <laughs> so uh, no, and it was fun, and it was it was. Um, I always kind of think back about it. I'm I love history in general, and we'll and we'll talk more about that as a whole. But uh, as even I get into it, I'm like, man, I can't. I can just remember you know, back when, and I, and I look at that catalog, sometimes just flipping through it. I'm like, man, the stuff that I thought we had, that was amazing. And now I go out there on a more national level. And I'm like, this is comical. Cause this is the stuff, you know, um, that everybody's got. And until they use, you know, an, a national brand, whether it's auto magic, Carbright, ECP, PNS, um, Malco, uh, you know, one of the top fives, uh, or even the top tens, um, that's when it really shows you, and, and you'll hear me talk about it a lot more, but the profitability of a business, yeah. um, you know, and that's where, that's kind of where, as we keep going through this, you'll, you'll hear me talk more about it is profitability. I am obsessed with the profitability and efficiencies of a business. Um, because at the end of the day, yeah, uh, I've developed into this person that loves shiny cars. You I'm sure have developed into a person that loves shiny cars. Um, and I had, I had a detail business that was not very profitable. And I, I guess I still technically clean a couple cars here and there. Um, but at the end I'm of the day, I'm for, sure you get those requests just because of who you are in your position. People probably like friends, family, close people, you know, in that circle probably are like, Hey, you do car detailing. You might yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's kind of what it's, that's kind of where it is now with, uh, with what I clean. Uh, we were just, um, I was working with the product manager uh, a week a week or two ago. Yeah, I just got back from from um, Syracuse yesterday, so it was last week. I was on Long Island with our product manager doing questionnaires about ceramic coatings because um, eventually we'll have one. I know I know everybody that knows Auto Magic knows we've been working on one for a very long time, um, and we're getting there. But we're walking into detail shops, and they're like, "Well, you're Auto Magic. You're supposed to know what it's like." And my comment to them is, "Hey." my nine to five job, you know, is, uh, getting these supplies to the distributor and the distributors nine to five job is getting the supplies to you. You know, I may ceramic coat five, 10 cars a year. You may ceramic coat 10 cars a month. Um, and that's when they kind of click like, Oh, wow. So he realizes for him to be able to do his job, he's got to, you know, get the input from me. Um, and that's, that's where some of the people that I do the details for, um, 
And I've even analytically looked at that. I almost exclusively do details for business owners. Uh, very, very rarely will it be an employee. Uh, and they're always someone that knows who I am. Um, I joke, I'm like the most difficult person to have clean your car because you may drop it off on a Friday night and not be allowed to pick it up until you know Monday morning because I may do a, one or two hours here, one or two hours there. Um, but they're people, yeah, and it's, I'm fitting you into my family's life, but you said, hey, I want you to do it. And it's, okay, well, I'll, I'll get it done for you. That makes um, sense. As long as you're aware and it's up front and you agree. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, again, it's comical to me because I look back and when I, um, and I'll get back into to the history of it, but I did start a, a mobile detail company. And I was that jerk that did a hundred dollar complete detail and I'd get one a day and I never realized how much money I didn't make. Um, <laughs> because you know, it was, so it would have been about 10 years ago and, and yeah, it was before, um, it was before all the ceramic coatings, or at least I wasn't aware of them at that point. Um, they were out there, but I wasn't using them. I was nowhere close to using them. Uh, but I do, I look back at it and I honestly sometimes feel bad for the people that are attempting uh, to make ends meet. And it's not that they're not working hard enough. It's that they just don't understand the profitabilities and, you know, the, the overhead of a detail. Yeah, the, the potential of the expense. And that's the thing. It's more the potential of the expenses that I think people never realize. Um, they overlook it. They think it just going to work its way out. It's yeah. Oh, they're like, Oh man, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was working at McDonald's making 10 bucks an hour, but now I can detail a car for a hundred bucks. So, you know, yeah, I had to work 10 hours to do it. And now I get it done in eight. But when you sit back and look at your gas, your chemicals, your insurance that you may not have, whatever else you end up finding out, you're not, you're not making it. Um, you know, and, uh, but yeah, so that was probably, and who knows, maybe that's why I am so hyper fixated on profitability, uh, that those profits are what you and I get to take back to our family and get to go have fun with, or, you know, pick the lifestyle that we want to, we want to have. Um, and that's why, that's why I focus on it. So, um, back, back to my history a little bit there. So, uh, I was with Bomico. I loved it. Um, I got no sales training, uh, which is common for a small family-owned business. Um, it was your, hey, here's your box of business cards, your pad of paper, and your pens. Good luck. Go for it. Um, and that was actually how uh, my need for starting a detail business kind of came out from. So as I shifted from the office and took over the detail division, as they called it, uh, I didn't know how to use all this stuff. Um, so yeah, Simon I's being in Connecticut, I was able to learn from them. They, they gave me some good education, uh, but you can't learn anything as fast as you can when you're on the job. Uh, so I had a, at the time, a 97 hatchback Integra and, uh, anyone that's ever worked with me before has heard this story where I used to have to put my pancake compressor and my mighty carpet extractor, uh, in my passenger seat just right, or I could not get the car past third gear. Um, and everyone would chuckle and look at me at that, but I literally was on route two one day trying to drive back from a mobile detail and could not get my car past third gear. And I was like, Oh boy, this is a problem. You know, and anyone that's from the Massachusetts area route two, it's, it's not a, an I four like down in Florida, but it was, it's not the road to, uh, to not be able to maneuver your vehicle on. So, um, that's, that's really what forced the business was learning the products. Um, from there, I ended up parting ways with Bomico and did run that detail business full time. Uh, I got into my, um, first winter, uh, which is a, a big thing. And I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know where everyone's listening from, but one of the big things that people have to realize is the seasonality of, uh, of different markets. Um, and I never, even as someone from the Northeast, you know, I always heard, oh yeah, seasonalities, this and that. 
Uh, and Florida, you know, people would be like, oh, Florida doesn't have the winter, so therefore they don't have seasons. No, Florida has seasons. Um, their seasons are just different, and it's not driven off of snow. No, um, just rain. Just yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of rain. Um, but the seasonality was a big thing. Um, I was sitting on, you know, what I would consider a, a good size nest egg. Um, but at that point, you know, money in my savings account. Uh, but at that point, I was, um, I had met my, who's now my fiance and we had two children or she had two children prior to me. Um, so for me to feel comfortable knowing, Hey, I can take care of the kids. I can take care of Mandy, myself, um, being a mobile detailer in the Northeast is, you know, yeah, there's some guys that, you know, guys and girls that are able to accomplish it, but it was not something that to me was, was feasible. Um, and you know, and brutal and the shutdown and figuring out how to create income. And yeah. So, uh, it was probably roughly September. I'm, I'm, I'm always someone that's looking forward to the next step. Okay. What is my, what's my forecasting? Um, so it's probably September before I even got to the winter. And I just, I knew in September by mid November, I was not going to have enough money from, November to make it all the way to the other side of February. Um, and at, at that point in my life, I didn't like leverage credit cards. I never wanted to leverage credit cards. Um, I've met so many detailers that, that have made it through seasons by just leveraging debt. Um, and it's just not, it just wasn't something that I was raised to want to pursue. Um, so I ended up taking a position with AutoZone. Everybody knows AutoZone. Um, a lot of people in our industry uh, have worked for AutoZone, but where I was a little bit different than most people in our industry is I was in a position called a territory sales manager. Um, so we normally don't hear about that position. There's only about 400 of them in the country. Um, it's probably closer to 500 now. Uh, but my job was exclusively focusing on business-to-business -business sales, uh, which is good because I don't do well with with retail business, um, it, which brings me back to that right now. When I clean a car, it's almost exclusively a business owner because business owners have no issues talking about profitability, have no issues with everyone making a little bit of profits here and there. Um, and retail people are, are very usually self-driven, um, which is fair. That's, that's what they're, they're looking for. Uh, but when I was at AutoZone, what I really loved that they did for me is they gave me professional sales training. Um, so now anyone that works with me at AutoMagic, whether it's um, you know my peers at the corporate level or one of our distributors, uh, you'll always hear me talk about you know the features, advantages, and benefits of a product, um, about a strategic sales process, um, and then going through, again, profitabilities. Uh, I know I'll end up sounding like a broken record, with that word no no it might, <laughs> it might embed into some of the viewers and be helpful um but they they spent a substantial and they still continue to spend a substantial amount of money on educating their sales staff uh and giving them some structure uh which was huge for me so at that point i would have been um i would have been 22 uh, i was just a, a couple months past 22 when they hired me uh, if I was 21, I legally couldn't have held that position with them um, just because no. of some of, yeah, just because of their, um, their motor record vehicles and, and the way that they hold their drivers accountable, being a large publicly traded company like that. That makes um, sense. It's like when you run a car, right? You have to be yeah. 25. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's exactly what it boils down to. Um, there's certain, you know, drinking laws that, that affect driving and all that other stuff and rentals. Um, but yeah, so I was three months, uh, unless someone has managed to be 12 weeks younger than I was, I was the youngest territory sales manager that AutoZone had ever hired um, up at that point. Um, obviously there's opportunities for someone that could have moved into it, uh, but I only had that opportunity because I started in a sales position uh, in dealing with business to business all the way back to 18, years old or right before 18 years old, when I started that small family owned business that, you know, brought me in what at the time was a couple hours a week to make a catalog. Um, so you know, like that when you first, when you first showed me that catalog a couple, a couple of minutes ago, and yeah. you flipped it open just naturally. 
your finger went right to the bumping pad page. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know how that worked, but hey. Yeah, it's I'm perfect dead center. Look at that. Now that I know about marketing, it's the middle of the catalog. Buffing yeah. pads are right there in the middle of the catalog. I see what no, I didn't. There. Look at that. That's funny right there. I see what you did. You had to market everything with a tab. Hey, you know what? Manu manufacturers pay big money to be in that center page of a catalog, so... You know, maybe I'll have to go back and see if I can get like back pay on something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's cool, though, that you were able to have that, you know, that position to, to build that out because um, that, that gives you that on your resume and, excuse me, helps ooh, for the future with you being able to understand how to make a catalog or have the, you know, the starting point of how to understand how to make a catalog, if anything. It was, um, so the detailing products in, in the detailing world, we have a pretty good catalog of everything uh, from manufacturers, but in the automotive side of it, like we have little light bulbs that are in all our headlights and directionals and everything. There's no catalog on all that stuff. I actually took a picture on a background and modified. It's not in this edition of the catalog, uh, but it modified every single one. And you want to talk about being able to identify and learn each bulb, um, each oil filter making a catalog is probably one of the best ways anybody can learn a product line um reading a catalog is great but actually making it uh i learned more about the aftermarket industry from making that catalog than i ever did talking to any of my manufacturer reps because i was producing the the marketing that our whole sales team was using um but yeah no it 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 was educational. It was fun. I've done, uh, so I did go to college, uh, but I did not finish college. I ended up falling in love with, with sales and the detailing industry and everything. Um, and ended up leaving college. Uh, my last year and a half of college boiled down to marketing. I, so I went to school for computer science for programming. And my last year I was doing business classes, marketing classes, uh, philosophy, psychology classes, and eventually someone asked me, they're like, how is this going to get you a computer science degree? And I was like, I should probably stop doing this. This doesn't seem <laughs> very cost effective. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there are a lot of successful detailers, uh, business owners within the detail industry, whether they're selling product or whatever, that have college degrees, you know, established for years, whatever degree it may be, and or left college to come into this side of the industry. And they're probably doing better off than they would have if they would have pursued the, the career that from college. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a good point. Uh, and I had that multiple times, especially shortly after parting ways with college and realizing that I would much rather be, you know, in a vehicle, every day driving to businesses, talking about their businesses, uh, establishing relationships. I mean, at the end of the day, a salesperson will have relationships with, you know, two or 300 people, let's just say uh, on a weekly or biweekly basis. Uh, I got to watch people's businesses grow. Uh, actually, I was talking with a couple of people here uh, in Massachusetts that I've serviced for over 10 years now. And uh, they even say it back to me. They go, man, I remember when you were fresh out of high school and I first met you and look at you now. And it kind of, it's weird because I always watch them develop and, you know, a couple of them I'll, I'll still go in and, and shoot the shit for lack of better terms and just chat with them and, and see what's up. And some of them will, will make that comment. Wow. I can't believe uh, you're at where you're at. Uh, we had a good conversation a company named auto manicures um, in Maynard who I just, I love the work he does. He does great work. He, um, family owned business His his daughter's slowly taking it over and everything. Uh, but back in November, I got the opportunity to work on a, um, an OEMs, uh, warranty. So it was their 35th warranty claim, uh, since they've been here in the United States. And I got to do that right before my 30th birthday. And you go back to when I was 18, 18 years old, I didn't know what a technical service bulletin was. Uh, I didn't know what a warranty claim was, um, you know, a, a dealership warranty claim was and everything. And it's crazy how quickly you can come uh, without always pursuing a, uh, a college level education. Um, 
And just because you don't have that piece of paper doesn't mean you're not smart enough to figure it out. And, and the detail industry is a great example. It's, it's not a recognized trade, so to speak, by any like trade schools or colleges. Uh, but you've got the opportunity to make the same money, if not sometimes better money uh, than any skilled labor job out there. Um, you know, and I know earlier we were talking about my age, so I'm, I'm 30 uh, now. Uh, and my parents were, were much younger, but college is what you were supposed to do. And yeah. um, uh, my stepson uh, it is 22 and I didn't really push him to go towards college and, and he can make good money with skilled labor. I think the generations have flopped. Once upon a time, you needed a desk job to make good money. And now skilled labor is is eating the people with college degrees lunch sometimes. So um, if someone needs to go back to this video and show it to their parents because their parents was pushing them too hard, you know, I'm, I'm a, a regular example of someone that attempted to do college because that's what I was raised to do. Um, but three years into the sales industry, uh, not even three years into the sales industry, I couldn't have afforded to go back to college and become a computer programmer for what I was making a, a, as a salesperson. Nice. And you don't have a lot of debt. You know, that's the other thing. If people go to school for a long time, accumulate a lot of student debt. And next thing you know, they're having to pay that off and figure out ways to pay that off. You could. So just going back and uh, I still have some of my programming books and I still goof off with it a little bit here and there. Um, just for fun personal projects, but you could honestly have a really, really beautiful detail studio uh, for just your book cost. Forget tuition, but just your book cost. Sometimes you could have, you know, a full blown detail studio completely outfitted and and not be in debt with all the other stuff. I mean, it's That's it's crazy. there, um, but yeah. Uh, wow. where were we? So we, uh, yeah, I went, I was at AutoZone. I, I jump around. Sorry. I have, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm following. It, I'm catching up. I have ADHD like almost everybody else in the industry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're doing good. You're, you're on task. You're just digging into some of the backgrounds in each part of your life. I like it. I dig it. Um, so yeah, AutoZone did a great job teaching me professional sales, structured sales. Uh, and I try to bring that over, uh, to, a lot of our distribution uh, now at AutoMagic. So, um, so how did you we, land the spot at AutoMagic from AutoZone? That's a good question. So actually from AutoZone, um, I ended up working with our local distributor here in New England, Wipe On, Wipe Off, um, who uh, Joseph Nisi, the owner over there, kind of took that leap of faith. I was the first salesperson he brought on um, at the capacity that I was for him. And, uh, we scaled his business rapidly, uh, while I was with him, we were, we were having a lot of fun with it. We were, we were growing nice and quick. Um, Joseph, just a little background on Joseph. So while I was scaling his business, uh, we, our primary line was auto magic. Um, and, and this is where I've worked with a lot of, a lot of brands. So I've, uh, I've sold G Technic, I've sold Rupes, I've sold Flex, I've sold Buff and Shine. Um, I've sold Artex, PNS, Meguiar's, um, Nanoskin, um, and Past Life, Eagle One, Simon Eyes, private label products. Um, if I'm missing anyone, I'm sorry, uh, but I've, I've worked with a lot of brands and, and uh, you know, every brand has their own uh, benefits. Uh, there's a lot of brands out there. Um, you know, perfect example is like Buff and Shine. Your guys' bread and butter is making quality pads that allows you to, you know, reduce labor times and sometimes accomplish what we used to have to take three or four steps uh, on a paint correction and able to get it done in sometimes one or two. Uh, I was doing a training class yesterday and uh, we did exactly that. We talked about uh, the Automagic 4Ps and, and one of those is the pads. And I showed them with one pad we could get about a 70% paint correction uh, that was a true 70% paint correction or by using two pads, uh, we could uh, very quickly get over 80%, which met their expectations um, on a vehicle that was just destroyed. 
and um so each manufacturer had their all all their own benefits um but yeah when i was with wipe on wipe off we brought in a lot of lines um we brought in some boutique high-end lines um i was there for two to three years uh had a lot of fun we brought in a lot of more sales reps uh, i'm actually going to be working with their sales team doing an ida training class on saturday uh which is pretty exciting this week nice. um and then uh yeah we we continuously grew uh we grew a lot with auto magic um at that point and then uh, a couple years into it uh M joseph and my path just kind of parted ways um I was cleaning cars for a little bit again, uh, just because of the time of the year that it was. And, um, probably about three months after that, uh, actually our parent company. So auto magic's parent company is a manufacturer called Evercoat. Um, usually nobody in the detail industry knows who Evercoat is. Um, everyone and they're a filler and putty brand. So everyone knows Bondo, uh, Bondo is, uh, owned by 3M. Um, Bondo is very retail happy. Everco owns the market of the commercial uh, industry when it comes to fillers and putties. Um, so Everco and 3M are our competitors. Um, and it was shortly after 3M purchased out Meguiar's uh, that Everco went and purchased out Automagic. Um, so that would have been, yeah, um, kind of strategic moves. Oh, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, going back on the history, I'm sure that's that was probably a big deciding factor of it, um, which kind of brings us at this point where where I am with Auto Magic. So yeah, or so I started Evercoat. Kind of reached out to me because um, I had a relationship with them because I was using the Evercoat name to help bring wipe on wipe off into body shops uh, here in New England. Um, so they really helped me out. It was a couple months after that. Like I said, they called me. I said, oh, I'm not there anymore. And they happen to have this position open. Uh, so they flew me into Cincinnati. And uh, so was it an immediate, hey, oh, you're not with them? Would you like to come with us? Or how did that conversation go? Um, so I had uh, I had always been involved in talking with the sales manager. Uh, so the person that was above the position that I currently have, the person that had my position before was Jeff, um, Jeff Nevels, who's over at Carbright. Jeff was awesome. Jeff was my zone manager. Um, Jeff and I still talk frequently, um, but he had parted ways um, with Auto Magic, and Paul had reached out to me uh, almost because of uh, the success. So Paul is my current supervisor. He handles all of the Auto Magic business here in the United States. Um, and uh, Paul reached out to me a couple times because of my relationship with Evercoat as we were going after some of Evercoat's largest customers um, and selling them our product very successfully uh, versus the, um, the sales reps from another brand where they had 12 sales reps in New England and I was one sales rep producing or, or pursuing their business. Um, that they were kind of impressed because Evercoat's always competed against that other brand. Um, and we auto magic and Evercoat have a, a business philosophy about quality over quantity. Um, you know, so we, we have three zone managers here in the United States domestically. Um, myself, I cover the Eastern 23 States, a central zone manager and a Western zone manager. Um, on the Evercoat side of it, we'll have, 30 manufacturer reps to uh, their largest competitor has well over 400 manufacturer reps. Um, so we focus on making sure we just were more efficient rather than being all over the place. And that's why they were kind of impressed um, of that. So there was already an established relationship there. Um, and then when I parted ways with them, it, it wasn't instantaneous uh, as um being owned by Evercoat or ITW Illinois Tool Works is uh, is the the organization that we are both owned by. Um, nothing's quick with them, uh, you know. You, the Titanic's not turned in a day, as everyone would say. So uh, it took some time. There was communications that went back and forth uh, up until this point in my life, uh, or the last three years. Um, I refused to sleep in a hotel room uh, for work. Um, 
you know, re- like religiously, I, I, I don't work weekends, you know, really, if I'm working a weekend at this point in my life, it's SEMA or mobile tech, um, you know, Southern detail conference, things like that. Uh, if it's not a trade show, the majority of my work is Monday through Friday. Um, and I've always been that way. I think that's why I like business to business so much. Um, businesses are usually ran, you know, eight to seven during, you know, during days, 8am to 7pm. Um, and that's kind of where I've always, I've always been with it. So, uh, I know that obviously both talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah. I'm working with wipe on wipe off this Saturday to do an IDA training. Um, <laughs> but that's, no, that's, uh, that's, that's part of being a, you know, what I call product of your environment where, you know, you can be, you can have your job being brand specific, but that doesn't mean that you have to help build the industry being brand specific. And that's where you could have relationships with others and build together, even though you're not playing for the same team to say. Yeah, no. And that's, uh, that's a good example. So, um, I landed back into the detail industry, uh, around the age of 25 is probably when I started right before 25 is when I started with wipe on wipe off. So I took my two and a half years that I was with AutoZone. I learned sales professionally and I came back into the detail industry and just consumed everything. Um, any manufacturer rep that was a manufacturer rep for me, I can just imagine how much they dreaded every time the phone rang and it was my name on it because they knew I was going to talk to them for 30 minutes about something new. Um, so that was the only good thing that a lot of manufacturer reps would let me know is at least I never asked them the same question. It was always a different question. Like, okay, I know we talked about this on Tuesday and today's Thursday, but what if I did it this way? Um, and that's very much on the way that I present, uh, with all the salespeople that I work with now is you'll notice, um, I don't deal in absolutes. Uh, I was doing a training yesterday, uh, with a person that was asking about, uh, so it had chemical etching on the plastic panel on the inside of a door and he's fresh to the industry, like seven months he's been detailing with no training whatsoever at a, at a fairly high volume Ford dealership. And he asked, oh, I, I was cleaning this car and there was little dots on the plastic. And, and I asked him the questions. It was definitely chemically etched. Um, and I looked around the shop and he had some degreasers that definitely could have chemi- chemically etched it. But the way that he described it, it sounded like the damage was most likely already there before he touched it. Um, and I'll ask those questions. I ask a lot of questions before I give an answer. But I told him, I'm going to give you two answers. Um, I don't know which one's the right answer, but I want you to be aware that both of them are there. And I said, one, if you use this product in the car, you could have caused that damage if it wasn't diluted enough. I said, or two, if it's diluted the way that it's pre-diluted. So I know it should have been diluted correctly. Um, what would have happened is you may have washed off or cleaned off someone else's dressing that they put on there to hide it up. And a lot of people will attempt to clean up their cars before they trade it in because they think, oh, if my car looks a little bit better, they'll give me top dollar for my trade in. I said, so they may have hired someone, you know, that would have tried to take care of it themselves or they would have gone under the sink and grabbed some 409 and taken care of something themselves. I said, 409 is a great example of something that will definitely etch plastic. Um, and it made them think, okay, it could have been me, it could have been this. Um, and that's a lot of times, very rarely will I ever give someone a, a yes or no answer. It's, it could be A, B, or C. Um, because nowadays we just, nothing's ever the same. Nothing's as no. easy as it could be once well, upon a time. A lot of times, you know, with, with being new to the industry, they're not used to stopping and inspecting before they right. move forward. You know, so they'll just jump right into the job. And before you know it, they're like, oh, you know, after they reveal with the surface that they cleaned and what was pre-existingly there then they're like oh crap did i do that right it's like well you know did you wipe did you blot how did you go did you spray directly because those things can contribute to the pattern of etching in some way shape or form and that will tell you "Ah, you did it or no that was there you just didn't notice it because you were just too busy in the rhythm and routine yeah no and that's i mean that's a good example um in inspections huge. Uh, I have, um, 
I have one sailboat that I've done for the better part of the last 12 years. And, uh, and the guy calls me faithfully and, and, uh, every year I just, yep, sure. No problem. I go out, you know, um, I always joke. Uh, I said, man, I wish the guy would just bounce a check so I don't have to keep coming back. But, you know, and I say it in a, in a joking manner really, but every year I'll go around his boat and I'll, I'll inspect it. And this year I was going a little quick. Heck, I've been doing it for forever and a half. And I come around to the backside of the boat. I'm three hours into polishing this thing. And there's a huge chip out of the, out of the gel coat on the backside of it. And I do, I, I hold my thumb up to it. I take a picture, I send it to him. Um, just cause we do all our communication via email. He's inside in his house. I'm outside in the driveway. Um, and I take this picture and I send it to him and he goes, Oh, no worries. I know it's not you, but you've got to always, even me here I am. I, I still forgot to do that full blown walk around because I'm like, all right, I didn't, I didn't have my son help me today. I've got to rip through this myself. Let's work efficiently. No goofing off. I'm just telling myself, let's get it done. And you're right. It's very easy to, to skip that inspection. And, and it's something that's important to make sure you get done because you don't always have an understanding customer. No, no, not at all. Some of them are just very unrealistic and they don't have any patience. Uh, and, and there's no room for error in some of their, their lives. So, you know, you've, I've seen it plenty of times where customers have brought us vehicles and we pointed stuff out during consultation and they're like, where the hell did, I mean, just completely take it back that they didn't notice it. And then yeah. we pointed out upon them just driving their vehicle up. I've had that happen with all kinds of stuff, interior, exterior, even window tent. Lady went, got her window tent that came here the next day, opened it up during inspection, during the consultation. It's all scratch on the film. Oh, my God, nobody sat back here. I don't know where that would have came from. And then I even explained to her as an example. I'm like, you know, this would have come to us. You not knowing it's in the back seat. You would have got it back, inspected our work, and assumed that we did that. And that would have been a sticky situation because knowing 100% that we didn't, you wouldn't believe me because technically we're the last people to touch it from the tinter that you have this gap in time from the time it went left the tinter to us. So there's all yeah. these, yeah, there's all these variables, right? And then next thing you know, you're arguing with the customer knowing you're right. They feel they're right. And it just becomes an issue. Yeah. And then as a business owner, you're sitting there. Um, so when I ran my detail business, I had one, I had one customer. I actually gave the hundred dollars back to them. Uh, be, and, and I probably, you know, I've uh, once upon a time, I never put 20 hours of detailing into a vehicle. Now the handful of people that bring me a car, it, it's not outrageous for them to say, Hey, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't care. And, um, but I put into a hundred dollar detail. I want that to be like the thing in a hundred dollar detail. I spent over 20 hours trying to get clay out of black carpets and this and that. And at the end of the whole thing, um, the lady turned around and told me that I power washed the red lettering off of her license plates. And I was like, first of all, those plates have obviously been to a body shop. I don't use, <laughs> I don't use lacquer thinner. I don't do this. I don't do this. Yeah. Like there is nothing in my business that I even use that is that potency. And she just started complaining. She's like, this is ridiculous. Blah, blah. And I handed him the hundred dollars back. And I said, I love how they assume I, right out the gate is a pressure have, washer. <laughs> I'm like, that's I'm like, no. And I, at the point, I don't even think I had a pressure washer in my business. And I just, I just handed them their hundred dollars back. Cause like, here you go. Thank you very much. And they're like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, go buy new plates. They're 25 bucks for a set of new plates. Um, and that's all you can do sometimes as messed up as it is. Sometimes you just have to wash, like wash your hands of it. But, and it was the only complaint that I ever had received, um, out of all that time. And, and it was, it was the, well, obviously the least profitable job. I didn't make any money off yeah. of it at this point, but it, even if I kept a hundred bucks, it was the least profitable job. Um, you can't win sometimes no. and you need to know that as a business owner. Yeah. So now, I mean, looking, looking at what's relevant with what you do, you know, what's, what's a day to day for you now with auto magic and, and represent that brand and who you are with your position? Yeah. So that's pretty, that's a good question. Um, so first of all, I do want to talk a little bit about like who auto magic is. Cause I do know not a lot of people know who auto magic is. 
um, and then also go about my day to day. So my day to day is um, focusing on supporting my distributors on the East Coast. Um, so the East Coast is the largest market sales wise domestically. Uh, geographically, it's the largest market in the United States. So pretty much everything from the Mississippi River all the way up to Michigan East uh, is my market. Um, we also have the largest distribution count and the largest overall sales rep count on the East Coast. Um, so that's my, uh, that's really where all of my, what we call our 80% business or my focus is, is on my distribution. Um, I heavily rely on them uh, to help us get product to professionals like you guys. Um, and I try to support them as much as I can in markets where I don't have an automagic distributor. My goal is to find an automagic distributor, um, you know, and then support those new guys. And that's where a lot of my work is coming from. Uh, so in the last three years, uh, the East Coast has added um, more new distribution uh, than the United States has uh, consecutively in two years ever for the last 18 years, actually. Um, so it's been, it's been a lot of growth. Uh, it's been a lot of work. Um, I'm not doing it myself. Uh, we actually have a, a national trainer, Steve Winfield. Um, Steve, you know, Steve. Um, but so Steve is actually right now in South Carolina. So like this was a, this was, I was joking around. I said, this is a good week. I was training uh, two new guys yesterday in Syracuse that are sales reps. I've got Steve down, down South training a guy, um, and South Carolina. And then I'm going to work with two more new sales reps. And when I say new, all these people, um, it's either their first interaction with an automatic sales rep, or they've been with us for less than a year anyways. Um, so I'll, we'll end up touching five new automatic sales reps just this week alone, uh, exclusively on the East coast, um, in three different States. So, um, and, and my, my peers are working with other new people too, uh, in their own markets. Um, but supporting them is, is really my, my heavy spot. Uh, yesterday I focused on what's called our six stages of reconditioning training. Uh, so when I do training or when I ask Steve to do training with me, um, my focus is working with a salesperson because that salesperson, so the two people I worked with in New York, uh, cover the I-90 corridor, uh, which stretches completely across New York. And now both of them have some knowledge about auto magic where uh, they can take that and talk to detailers 24-7, or not 24-7, but during their everyday business. And I also trained three detailers. So some people like focusing on the detailers. I like focusing on the salespeople. Because by focusing on the salespeople, you know, I got to see three people yesterday, three end users or detailers, professionals, uh, but those, those sales reps are going to see three people every day. And then they're going to see a lot more than three people every day, but it allows us to get the knowledge to more people in a quicker manner. Um, so that's where, that's where the most of, of my focus is, uh, is developing, developing our team, um, giving them you know, that training, like I said before, that I received, you know, at AutoZone and, and trying to show them how easily it can grow their business here um, in the detail industry. I dig it. I like it. That's cool. Very cool. Now, as far as a little bit of history on, on AutoMagic? So, um, I love that you use that word history. I am, I'm a, I'm a history buff. I, I'm not a history buff. I don't know a lot of history. I'm a history enthusiast, I think is a better way to put it. Uh, so I'm, an, I'm a history enthusiast um, on the detail industry as a whole. Um, so Auto Magic's history specifically, uh, they were founded in Dallas, Texas in 1960. Um, so uh, they were founded uh, in Texas. Their very first product was Easy Clean HD. Um, the Millers, uh, uh, the Miller father actually started um, making products in his kitchen sink. Uh, so that was literally <laughs> where it started from. Um, so it's not like it was some big fancy business right off the bat. Um, Auto Magic or what started off as Auto Wax Company. Um, Auto Wax Company had multiple brands throughout the time. 
Um, so Auto Magic is our primary brand. Uh, we've done private labeling work with a lot of people, uh, and we still continue to do a lot of private labeling work um, all the way up till till today. Uh, but we also had brands like uh, Body Magic. Uh, Body Magic was exclusively for the collision industry. Um, we had things like Safe Earth, which was when everybody was going biodegradable friendly and everything. Uh, the other big brand that everyone knows is uh, is Clay Magic. Um, so Clay Auto Magic is the uh, original patent holder for a clay bar. Um, so when it comes to uh, a quality clay, and, and I'll always ask people, hey, do you know who Auto Magic is? And usually the response is, I, I don't. Um, and I said, well, you've, you may have used an Auto Magic product since uh, the 70s. If you've ever used a clay bar, you've most likely used an Auto Magic product. Um, so at the end of the day, we're still uh, the largest manufacturer for North America and South America of, uh, of clay products, um, especially of the, the higher end qualities. Uh, so we're, we're out there. We're not very good at marketing. Um, it's just not been our expertise. Uh, we've always kind of focused on the manufacturing and then allowed other people to focus on the marketing side of it. Um, I'd say it's very organic. Like once you have a sales rep in the city going shop to shop, then it becomes visual word of mouth on that marketing aspect versus a bunch of fancy commercials or news uh, letters or something like that. Yeah. So it, it really produces, uh, in my in my experience, long-term success uh, rather than short-term success. And uh, the reason I look at that is, you know, uh, as a chemical manufacturer, um, every, everyone's had a snake oil sales rep swing by, right? So these snake oil sales reps will come in, they promise you the world, um, and they'll sell you an item one time and then they like disappear. And, you know, not that all marketing, uh, goes that route, uh, but everybody will try something once. And what auto magic's philosophy is we're not really looking for the first sale. We're looking for that second sale. We know that when we get the second sale, uh, it's going to continue to grow. Um, so one of my, one of my favorite examples, uh, that I use and, and I'll use Miami as an example. So Miami is filled with a lot of local manufacturers that will sell a ready to use all purpose cleaner for about $5 a gallon. Um, they're out there all over the place and, uh, we're just not there. That's, that's not our business. We don't do ready to use, uh, when we patented the, uh, clay and we grew, I mean, overnight we became an international manufacturer. Uh, we focus excessively on concentrates uh, and those concentrates is really where the profitability um, comes for, for a detail shop. Um, but going back to that all-purpose cleaner and that $5 gallon, uh, our Automagic distributors in Miami, um, they'll sell, my favorite all-purpose cleaner from Automagic is a product called Special Cleaner. Uh, everyday dilution is 30 to one. Um, so pretty much a gallon will make you 31 gallons of product. Um, one of my favorite things, I probably don't even have a spray bottle down here, but if you have a spray bottle with a ridge on the bottom, you're literally filling up to that ridge of the bottom of the bottle. Um, and that is your one ounce of product. And then you'll fill the rest up from there. Uh, I've always had, this is actually my very first time I ever did it. Uh, and I'm sure someone showed me, but this is obviously a shot glass. This one's broken, but I won't get rid of it because this was my first shot glass. I use this in my business on dilution. So a shot glass is an ounce and a half. This piece of electrical tape is set at one ounce. And, uh, and this is a huge takeaway. You can buy uh, 30 milliliter medicine cups on Amazon, which is now what I normally use, especially when I travel. But one ounce of product into a 32 ounce spray bottle is your 30 to one dilution. Um, and that, that's auto magic philosophy. Our enzyme pre-spot is a 30 to one to dilution. Uh, special cleaner is, is 30 to one. If you've got a real dirty vehicle, 15 to one, um, we have a lot of products that fall into that. And it's crazy. Cause when you look at what the cost of that auto magic, uh, a gallon of special cleaner is, even if it was $30, which is a very high price for that product, but even if it was $30, it'd be less than a dollar a gallon in that Miami market where everyone buys a $5 ready to use gallon. Um, and when you really sit down and, and think about, all right, it's less than a dollar a gallon. 
every time I go to the Dollar Tree and I buy a product where I'm paying a dollar for a 32 ounce spray bottle, even that, uh, all right, now we're talking a dollar for a 32 ounce spray bottle instead of less than 25 cents. We're 4Xing or 5Xing our chemical expenses. Um, and again, everyone will buy it once. You'll get that $5 one time. But when you can show someone that, yeah, maybe you spend $30 on a gallon of concentrates, uh, but that gallon goes you know, so much further and, and is much less expensive and usually outperforms, um, it's kind of crazy. You'll, you'll find a lot of national brands that they're more expensive. You dilute them and then they become less expensive and their performance is better than the cheap stuff in the, in the first place. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons that's actually probably the, the primary reason that I ended up landing with, um, auto magic as a manufacturer rep. I think when I parted ways with wipe on wipe off, I knew I would be a manufacturer rep. It was just finding, you know, the right people, um, that we were all on the same page. If that makes sense. Um, no, it does. I like it. Uh, but Auto yeah, Magic has a lot to offer in regards to the spectrum of products that are that are offered through Automagic. So, yeah, no, and they they really do. So we've got uh, we still have a couple hundred SKUs. Uh, we've Ooh. we've <laughs> we've we've done a great job on uh, streamlining products. We just recently did a label overhaul where we started talking about the the dilutions on the outside of the front of the container. Uh, which is awesome. So I'll, I'll, because we're talking about special cleaner, I'll just use that. So special cleaner, um, which is not our, you know, Red Hot is our number one um, selling product globally. Um, and everyone's probably used Red Hot or seen a product like Red Hot. Red Hot was the very first red degreaser that smelled like cinnamon. Um, you know, and there was a handful of guys over at Carbright, PNS, Auto Magic that all knew each other that had their regions that they kind of work on Ardex. Um, but Auto Magic was that first one that uh, actually put. They were very early adopters on the very first people to put dye into a detailing chemical. So once upon a time, your Windex or your glass cleaner would have been whatever the color of the chemical was, um, and that's when they said, "Hey, uh, if we're going to help people do this faster, we've got to get color coordinated. Uh, let's put some yummy fragrances into it." Um, they were they were not the first people to bring in buffing pads. Uh, but they were another very early adopter of a foam buffing pad. Um, for anyone that is an Automagic distributor or purchased from an Automagic distributor, um, I probably got the old VHS somewhere here. So, like when I tell you, I'm a, actually right here, foam pad polishing. Um, so there was a guy. Anyone that uh, Automagic trucks and Automagic loves training, just like uh, like I do. Uh, there's no date on this one, but this would have been a video that was sent out to an auto magic distributor. Um, and it, it's a seven minute video. You would have your auto magic truck would show up with a TV and a VHS in the back of it. And you would pop one of these videos in and you would actually learn from a, a manufacturer rep like myself, or at the time, Rick Schmidt who was our national trainer um, or uh, Dennis from, um, from Tornador was our national trainer also once upon a time. So he's in this video actually. Um, but you would get this, this education and auto magic did a lot of that way back when, um, we worked heavily with auto auctions, new car dealerships. Uh, I've got videos in here from, from GM that are pretty cool to look at, uh, where GM is actually highlighting, you know, auto magic clay and Carbrights uh, fallout remover at the, at the time, before we did all this color changing fallout remover, we've always had an acid based fallout remover. Um, and we actually have an acid-based fallout remover that was specifically developed for Toyota North America. So um, as a distributor, that's always kind of been one of the really cool things you can get out of AutoMagic is we would make a product, we'd be highlighted in a technical service bulletin or a warranty claim as, as most recently as November, um, or it really hit our distribution late December, um, where we would just say, hey, here's all these uh, dealerships for this manufacturer and you have to deliver them these products and, uh, and here you go. Um, and that's kind of where, where we were, where we're continuing to grow. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of cool stuff. 
this was probably one of the coolest things that I want to figure out how to get turned back on. So, um, I did, like I said, I did my stint over at AutoZone. So I'm very familiar with ASE, but automotive service excellence is the certifications kind of like the IDA is for us, um, in the detail industry, but AutoMagic six stages was developed for, um, the Toyota recertification program of North America, um, for Ford, it's been adopted by Subaru. Um, but it's the only training manual ever in our industry to ever be recognized by ASC. Um, so at this point it's expired. Um, but it's just crazy when I see stuff like that, like, like, how can you not be excited about the history? Uh, and, and again, going back 10 years ago, a hundred dollar detail, I thought was awesome. And now I love watching detailers make $2,500, $3,500 on a full-blown detail because it goes back to that right word, profitability, which is how we all get to feed our family. No, I 100% agree. And I love hearing that background story. That's awesome in regards to both you and Auto Magic. Um, we are on time as far as coming up on time, I should say, for complete. I try to keep them right at around 45 minutes to an hour. So we're right there. So just to kind of finalize everything with, you know, your path and background and history, which was awesome to listen to and definitely picked up some really cool facts about uh, Auto Magic and, and their background, which is really neat. Um, do you have any words of advice for any of the viewers, uh, whether they be a detailer, distributor, doesn't matter, just the industry in general, anything that you could throw out there that, that could be helpful? Um, so word of advice, uh, you, know, we, you can always learn. Uh, that's something I think everyone needs to focus on. You can always learn. Um, it's important to always listen and always learn whether someone's newer in the industry than you or has been here and, and they're a dinosaur. You can always, always learn a different point of view. Um, in addition to that, you know, the one thing that I, I hope you guys have heard me say is that word profitability. Um, profits come really quick and easy uh, by just taking a couple peeks at things. Uh, more recently, we've developed some a more boutique or professional, what people would now call professional branded products once upon a time. AutoMagic was always kind of trademarked as the, the wholesale or the auction people. Um, and we've made some products where you're getting that true paint correction with no enhancers or fillers. And it may be 20 or $30 a quart less expensive. Um, and, and the big thing is make sure it's less expensive. It's not cheaper. And what I mean by that is you've got to have your performance so that your labor costs don't go up. Labor is the most expensive thing in our industry. Um, I could honestly do a whole pot, like a whole podcast about labor expenses. That's usually where a lot of the expenses that I talk about is becoming more efficient. Uh, but when it comes to, to chemicals, if it's a compound or a polish and you're spending an extra 20 or $30 on court twice a month, uh, realize that you're spending an extra $700 a year um, to use that specific one. Um, is it worth it? Um, same thing and, and where the dollars really add up is all purpose cleaners or degreasers, uh, car soaps. Uh, if you find a car soap that maybe you can purchase in a more concentrated form, uh, and it saves you money, um, 30 to 30 to $40, uh, when you say savings on a product like that usually is amplified by weeks or sometimes even two pails a week. Uh, you sometimes can be talking about $5,000 and I've gone in some pretty high volume places where they're spending an extra $5,000 a year to use a less concentrated all purpose cleaner when they can add their own water. And, uh, and my question, I'll say the exact same question to everybody that I would say to that detail shop is, wow, you must really like your chemical rep because you're giving them $5,000 a year to bring his wife and kids to the beach. Uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't save that money and bring your wife and kids to the beach. Just go home, you know, and whether it's a wife or a husband, just go home and let your significant other know that you guys can't go to the beach this year because, you know, you want to let the other guy bring his family to the beach. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's personal enough that I think people sit back and they realize, Hey, that's, that's actually where that money is going. Uh, or where I could use that money. And, and I just hope everyone looks at it that way is 
every, every dollar, every profitable dollar you can have is a, is a dollar for your family or a dollar to grow your business. Um, I mean, heck, how many people are listening to this podcast right now and $5,000 that they're now spending on all purpose cleaner in, in a surplus, not just the total budget, but an, an unneeded amount. How would that change your business or how would that change your family's life? I like it. 100% agree. Just watching more of a cost analysis and watching your spending and understanding where it's going and why and keeping money in your pocket. That's the biggest thing. I love that. So, well, cool, man. I appreciate you having you on. And on behalf of Buff and Chime, thank you very much. And, you know, not just you, Tyler, but of course, Auto Magic. Thank you for them, allow, them allowing you to take an hour of your day to spend with me. And, um, and of course, anybody at home watching, thank you. And how how would they get a hold of you and or Automagic? Shoot me out some plugs. Yeah, so um, I'm probably not as good as uh, blasting out my handles. So I am, anyone can find me on Facebook at Tyler Cucci. Um, if you find me, I usually friend request or accept anyone uh, as long as you look like a professional. Um, in addition to that, we have a group called Automagic Nation. Um, the auto magic nation group is my group. Uh, it was kind of my proof of concept on getting auto magic to be more active with social media. Um, so auto magic nation's awesome. Uh, I do have that currently open, so there is no questionnaire. So anyone that hears it off this podcast for like the next week, uh, feel free to just, you know, join the group. Uh, if you're listening to it after that, it may be closed. Just put on there that you saw this podcast and I'll uh, accept you into it. It is exclusively for professionals um, just because we may talk about a specific product and, you know, hey, it takes you 15 minutes to apply. It costs you $1.50 for the application, but you're going to charge $79.99. And that's something that as a professional, I want you to see, but I don't want to see have your customer, you know, the vehicle owner see that at the same time. Um, and then when it comes to uh, AutoMagic's pages, our handle for AutoMagic is AutoMagic Products. That's a plural, no spaces. That's on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, AutoMagic Products is what they use. Um, and if you're on TikTok, I have AutoMagic Nation on TikTok too. I just have been uh, been tied up uh, working with the product development team recently, so I'll hopefully get to be active on it here pretty soon again on uh, TikTok and Instagram. Again, that Automagic Nation is what I usually promote for work-related stuff. Cool, cool. Well, like you heard it, if you have any questions about uh, Automagic products, distribution, you know how to get a hold of Tyler. And of course you have their direct website if you're wanting to check out any of their products, product lineup in general, or just specs on their products just to kind of browse over. So thank you again, Tyler. This is, uh, Reflection Artist Live, episode number 42. And thank everybody uh, at home, on site, wherever you might be out there, listening, watching. And uh, you have a good rest of your day. And hopefully we'll link up soon, maybe at a trade show or something. Hey, have a great one. You too. Take care. Take care, Bye-bye. everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.